With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Chip Chat Network Insights. Conversations exploring network transformation through interviews with industry experts. Welcome to Chip Chat. My name is Allison Klein. We're coming to you live from Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, and I am delighted to be with Sandra Rivera, Senior Vice President of the Data Center Group and General Manager of the Network Platforms Group. Welcome back, Sandra. Good morning, Allison. I feel like there's a few things that happen in my life. You know, I can always depend on my birthday, Christmas, one chip chat a year with Sandra at Barcelona at, for Mobile World Congress. It's it's a good tradition we've developed. <laughs> I was thinking that they should have a tagline of get your steps in if you come to Mobile World Congress. <laughs> oh, no, no kidding. Um, so... I know that you've been on the show before and people have heard from you before, but we always start with just a, a catch up on your role at Intel. Um, it's evolved over the years. Uh, what is your role? How does it relate to our focus on network and the transformation of the network, uh, the advent of 5G? Well, we're driving the network infrastructure business to embrace all things server, all things virtualization, all things cloud. That's what we've called the network transformation or even the cloudification of the network. So that's remained consistent for a number of years. But over the last couple of years, we have also embraced um, the mantle of 5G leadership for the company and really driving a strategy that's end-to-end -end from the client to the access to the edge to the core and, of course, to the cloud and data centers of the world. So we've been up to network transformation, 5G, and, um, and of course, a lot of the buzz here at this event, edge computing. Just a small purview of focus and, and just a small impact in terms of change <laughs> that you're driving around the world. Um, I know that we've talked about network transformation many times before. It's amazing to me to see the progress that the industry has made. It's so exciting to see also what they're doing with Intel architecture. It's very cool. What are the key technologies that you've seen when you've been talking to executives or walking into various booths at Mobile World that you're really excited about and are like, wow, that's an amazing use case uh, based on our technology or based on industry innovation? What's exciting? Well, if you look at the strategy that we've been driving, which is to re-architect the network platform to really be a high-performing computing problem, then certainly we feel we are in the best position to address a high-performing computing problem. And network transformation has been all about how do we get the compute and network and storage much, much closer to that point of data creation and data consumption by having platforms that are much more flexible and agile and programmable to do what they need to do at any point uh, through that continuum of, uh, of client access, edge, mm -hmm. core, and cloud. So the thing that I've been very excited about here is just to see all of that computing moving from centralized data centers and, and clouds uh, across that continuum and, uh, and being brought ever closer to that 
uh, endpoint, which enables new applications or new use cases that were either previously um, not technically possible because of latency, because of course distance adds latency, uh, or bandwidth issues, um, or that were not uh, really commercially viable because it just costs too much. So, uh, so when we see um, implementations of moving that compute network and storage close to the endpoint, like what we're seeing downstairs in our uh, demo that uh, showcases an industrial application. The ability to create a virtual safety zone just with computer vision, AI data analytics, and edge computing uh, to uh, to keep someone who enters an area that may become unsafe uh, to you know shut off, uh, turn off the, the manufacturing equipment, the, the robotics or what, what other equipment may be in that zone. Uh, or in the retail application where as a consumer, we can have a much more frictionless experience. Uh, we can see pop-up uh, stores really anywhere, at a concert, at a sporting event, at a convention center. Uh, who knows? Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe sometimes we're at big industry events uh, where <laughs> you'd want that. Uh, but to be able to deploy those uh, without a lot of physical wiring and cabling because you have uh, 5G, high, uh, high bandwidth, low latency uh, capabilities to just create that pop-up store uh, and then to move through that retail experience um, without ever checking out, right? With object recognitions, uh, you know, computer vision, seeing what's being put in your cart, uh, identifying who you are, settling the payment as you walking out the door, and then getting an email, uh, you know, receipt sent to you. It's mm -hmm. pretty cool. Yeah, that's. I sign me up for that one because that's <laughs> that's fantastic. No more waiting in lines, Alice. So last night when I was struggling through my jet lag in, in Barcelona, I was reading through Intel's announcements at this show and all of the announcements we've made with partners. Um, your organization has been a little busy. Um, what are the highlights for you associated with the news that we've delivered here? And news feels a little bit different uh, this time, um, a little bit uh, more punchy. Tell me what do you think is the context for that change? Well, I think uh, when we started this network transformation journey, a lot of folks really found it difficult to understand how we would ever be able to run high-performance networking workloads on uh, CPUs. And so to see something uh, at, you know, at this event where the industry leaders like an Ericsson or a ZTE in their 5G base stations using our 10 nanometer network SOCs, the Snow Ridge, which was a big announcement that, that of course we made at CES, but here we actually are talking about, our customers are talking about their use of it, uh, of Snow Ridge in their 5G base stations. It's extraordinary because a lot of folks would think, well, that, that can only be possible with fixed function, uh, proprietary uh, purpose built, uh, silicon solutions. So that's been really exciting with uh, with both of those customers. And we actually have a lot of other customers on that platform, but they haven't gone uh, public yet. Um, so that's in, in wireless access. Um, in the edge of the network, of course, we have the Hewitt Lake Xeon D SOC, which packs a lot of punch in a, a small form factor, uh, low power. But the more and more we see the need for networking and computing at that edge in power-constrained envelopes, we need to, again, have a lot of performance density uh, within uh, the, the physical constraints of, of the environment. Um, and then the way that we have partnered with our programmable solutions group, with uh, FPGAs, uh, give us accelerated capability both in wireless access as well as in the core of the yeah. network. So the 
the programmable acceleration card, uh, the Vista Creek card that we announced here as well, um, is very exciting because it just it just moves us to both the flexibility uh, and the ecosystem that's available on the CPU portfolio, but also the acceleration that we get with FPGA technology uh, as a, a great platform complement to the entire portfolio. Now, you just gave us a lot of interesting things. Everyone seems to be talking about Snow Ridge, though. Um, I was down on the show floor yesterday. There was just a crowd yeah. around that demo. Yeah. Um, what do you think it is that Intel has done uh, within the Intel architecture silicon that has reached that tipping point in terms of opening up this new market? Yeah. Well, our customers uh, just want to provide the best solutions to their customers and meet the platform requirements for all the segments that they're in. And networking is a high-performance computing workload. Um, but previously, the only way to get at that was, again, highly customized proprietary fixed function uh, silicon and software approaches. The the beauty of Snow Ridge is that we've taken all of the um, the performance capability, the computing, the underlying computing performance capability, and through our innovation in both networking and wireless IP and integration into our standard CPU portfolio, we are now able to give customers the benefit of volume server economics, the benefit of virtualization and the pooling capabilities that you get across many different workloads uh, when you, you use an underlying asset in a, um, in a more comprehensive way across different customers and different types of applications, um, as well as the ability to tap into the broadest ecosystem in the world. So I think the customers are so excited because they get to tap into this wealth of ecosystem software uh, this expansive tool chain that we have on Intel architecture, and then uh, added to that, they get to go to market much more quickly, and then there's a deterministic beat rate that they can count on from Intel because it's our Intel architecture platform underneath powering all of that. So, uh, so they're able to now do all that control plane processing, all that packet processing uh, on Intel architecture, and it's, it's good for them, it's good for us, and ultimately it's good for, uh, for their customers. Now, I know that this is coming out later this year, um, and we see a lot of progress with infrastructure deployments today in advance of um, broad-scale deployments of 5G. How do we work with our ecosystem partners to ready their infrastructure while at the same time 5G standards are still getting... Um, finalized, and, and how do we mitigate some of those risks? Well, that's the beauty of programmability, and certainly that's the beauty of being able to complement uh, a snow ridge with uh, a packet acceleration, a prog uh, programmable acceleration card, the Vista Creek, or any FPGA uh, capability that we have folded into the underlying platform, because we, we know that the 5G releases will continue to evolve. We, we're at release 15, we'll get to release 16, which, where you'll see that ultra-reliable, low-latency uh, communication capability really come to full fruition. Uh, we'll have release 17. But you want to be able to deploy and begin that rollout, begin the new services and, and applications running on your 5G infrastructure. So that programmability of the FPGA um, married to the the 
brilliance and, and, and beauty of the, the underlying you know, CPU for all that high performance uh, networking uh, allows us to have the best of both worlds, right? You have uh, a very powerful platform uh, that you can deploy today, but you have the programmability and the sort of the, the future proofing of how the spec will continue, the 5G specifications will continue to evolve and, and then you can just move with the market. Fantastic. Now, I think that there's been some interesting um, examples of how customers are using Intel architecture to fuel their entire networks. And uh, you came out with some really eye-opening announcements this, this past week. Can you share some of the customer announcements? Yeah, so we had um, a very exciting announcement with a company that most folks may not have heard of, but uh, they're Rakuten. Uh, So they're an e-commerce company based in Japan. Uh, They have um, really over 100 million users on that platform, but they have embraced the idea that uh, they can become a mobile network operator by utilizing all of the... Uh, the server-based architecture that Intel is bringing forward together with our ecosystem uh, to stand up a complete mobile network. 100% fully virtualized, completely cloud-native because it's designed from uh, the ground up and uh, and rolling out very, very quickly because we're not waiting for a lot of custom uh, solutions to be built. This is built on uh, our dream of having a fully virtualized uh, network infrastructure as the underlying uh, platform. So so that's been very exciting. It's gotten a lot of, of buzz. Um, we've done that together with a number of our uh, great partners and, and the broad ecosystem uh, that we have. They're, they're talking more about that uh, here. But, um, but we're just really excited to see the you know, the impossible made possible. All the things that, that folks, you know, probably were quite hesitant to believe uh, could be uh, or is now being realized in that Rakuten is a great example of that. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, another example. We are very excited about all the things that we're doing with our infrastructure vendors. Uh, we have Rackscale Design, uh, which we're really showcasing with uh, partners like uh, Nokia and Lenovo and Quanta uh, and, uh, and others. Uh, we have announced a strategic collaboration with Ericsson on our software-defined infrastructure where we're using a lot of their management and orchestration capability uh, to forward uh, Rackscale design and make it more broadly available to the market to, you know, paired with a lot of our underlying both hardware and software innovations. Um, and then maybe one last one that, that I'm super excited about is our openness uh, mm-hmm. announcement in software. So we talk a lot about the silicon, but software is really important because that's what unlocks all the beauty in the underlying uh, hardware. So OpenNest is our open network edge uh, services uh, software toolkit. And it's really meant to, or it's really designed to abstract a lot of that network complexity so that the application developers uh, can just look at this network platform as another computing platform that they're quite familiar with. You know, OpenNest, um, I, I was reading about that. And one thing that I've always admired about your group is that you've embraced working with ecosystem and developers and driving innovation so well. Um, OpenNest is just another opportunity to unlock that door uh, to a lot of new innovation. And it's, it's an interesting thing because I, I think that we've seen as we've delivered these types of um, uh, sandboxes for developer innovation in the past. We've seen 
innovation that we haven't even dreamed of. So, you know, in the edge, this is going to be an interesting place to see what kind of applications come to fruition. Well, it's true. The edge uh, represents that wonderful intersection between computing and networking and AI and analytics and media processing uh, all on a platform that becomes uh, a sandbox of innovation. So by abstracting a lot of that complexity uh, on the computer vision, AI inference side with OpenVINO, uh, paired up with OpenNES, again, all that uh, networking complexity is not something you have to think about. You just get to tap into all that goodness. We really are lowering the barriers to entry, um, um, increasing the, the market participation, and accelerating the pace of innovation. I can't wait to see the results from that. One final question for you. This conversation would not be complete if I didn't ask you about what we're doing for the device itself with 5G. Absolutely. Yeah, so so our uh, 5G end-to-end strategy, uh, as I indicated, uh, includes the access uh, piece or the connectivity uh, on the device side uh, to get to the access uh, edge and core of the network. So we had several announcements here on our multi-mode uh, modem. Uh, the, our 5G modem um, is coming out uh, later this year and we will get into production on commercial products next year. But we announced how several customers or several partners of ours are uh, creating gateway products using our 4G LTE modems today and then moving to 8160, our 5G multi-mode modem in 2020. We also announced a, a partnership with uh, Skyworks on the RF front-end module and optimizing that module with our uh, existing modems now and then, of course, moving to our 8160 5G modem in 2020. So a lot of our customers are getting started today and clearly there's a lot we can do in terms of just that intelligent connectivity uh, on the device as we prepare for 5G, uh, you know, the full-on ramp of 5G products in 2020. Sandra, thank you so much for your time. I know this is a very busy week for you. Thanks for making time for Chip Chat. One final question, where can folks follow you online if they want to continue to engage with your conversation? At Sandra Alvarera on Twitter. Have a great week at MWC, Sandra. Thanks for Thanks, being Allison. here. Welcome to Chip Chat Network Insights. My name is Allison Klein. We're coming to you from Barcelona at Mobile World Congress, and I'm delighted to be joined by Mr. Duan Zhan Young, Vice President and GM of Architecture of Wireless of the Wireless Business at ZTE. Welcome. Uh, thanks, morning. Uh, it's my pleasure to uh, come to here and uh, talk with you. Uh, just uh, mention, I'm from ZTE China. Uh, you know ZTE is the biggest NIST company of China market. Uh, we are pride of the uh, advanced telecommunication device and the service. And we also provide the mobile device and the enterprise uh, technology uh, solution. Uh, uh, ZTE now have provided the 5G end-to-end solution and uh, a product. We think we are needing the 5G evolution, and we are the pioneer of this 5G 
Okay. Nice. I also I have been worked with your entire team over uh, 17 years. Wow. Yeah, That's you have a great team, team, and you have great uh, uh, product technology and uh, very good uh, support. Uh, thank you. So, can you provide a little bit of background um, on your job as the VP and GM of the Wireless Architecture Group? Okay, I am. I have graduated from uh, yes uh, in 1999 from uh, Tsinghua University in uh, China, and then I joined the ZTE and worked for ZTE until today. It's nearly 20 years. Nice. I <laughs> always worked for ZTE for the wireless business. I have been working for the uh, uh, focus on the base station and also co-network and also a uh, server uh, business. Uh, uh, one year earlier, I am in charge of the GTE uh, uh, wireless digital hardware R&D team. Now I'm in charge of the whole GTE wireless arch uh, architecture and the technology planning and also corporate. I wanted to talk to you about ZTE's engagement in mobile edge computing. Can you tell me about your view about mobile edge and what is ZTE's strategy for this space? Okay, uh, uh, we just talked about, uh, today we, everybody talks about the 5G. Uh, I, for 5G, we know that 5G, what's the difference? Before uh, compared to 5G to 4G, uh, 5G there's uh, three main scenarios: uh, EMBB, URLC, and uh, MMTC. I think it, uh, it's very important for 5G because you know, for 5G, if we need to support the no latency, the mass, uh, the massive bandwidth service, uh, without MEC, that cannot be. Reliability. Uh, I think for the 5G network, it naturally uh, supports the whole MEC. MEC is the technology base, basis for the 5G to extend the uh, vertical uh, industrial application. Uh, but for the also for the 5G, the most valuable is the vertical application in the future. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, without uh, MEC, I think it cannot be a success. Yeah. Yeah. So MEC is the foundation. Yeah, yeah it's the foundation yeah. of the 5G network. I know that um, you have been engaged with many customers um, on deployments and, and trials of MEC. Can you tell me about where uh, you are in terms of working with customers on this technology? Uh, I think uh, uh, MEC is also a new business model. Uh, so uh, that's not only uh, between the uh, telecom device render and the operator, there's also the third party. But uh, first, uh, we uh, cooperate with our uh, operator customer. Uh, uh, i give you a case. Uh, ZTE have been worked with uh, uh, China Unicom. Uh, we have uh, been engaged in the MEC solution uh, early from uh, 2017. Uh, we ha have a trial uh, with uh, China Unicom in uh, Ch Chinese uh, city Tianjin. Uh, we have shown uh, uh, MEC uh, application just for the UPF offloading, offloading and also the CDN, uh, local cache, and also some uh, ARVR uh, demo. Uh, this is very uh, su successful. Also, we have introduced some third party. We have cooperated with just like uh, Tencent, Baidu, Alibaba, 
and other uh, industrial uh, company just like the Simpson robot and the other uh, company. Uh, we wanted to find a way to make the uh, MEC business model successful and uh, also make the uh, application will be uh, deployment in the real world. Mm -hmm. Also, we, we needed to validation the uh, technology of the MEC, the device, the platform, and the, uh, everything. Okay. You talked about mobile edge computing, and I know um, that part of the focus for delivering the full value of mobile edge is the delivery of AI capabilities. What is ZTE doing to work with the industry on um, integrating AI into those network functions? Yeah, okay. Uh, I think AI means two very important points for the wireless network. S uh, first uh, is the uh, network intelligence. Uh, because you know, uh, 5G network is a very complex. If we still uh, construct and the maintenance and apply, apply, uh, optimize this network use people, it's not impossible the cost, the efficiency. So ZTE will introduce the AI technology for the uh, network uh, intelligence, uh, just like the, the automatic uh, network planning, network op uh, optimization, and also uh, some troubleshooting. Okay, this will help our uh, operator to reduce the OPEX. Mm -hmm. Also, the uh, upgrade the performance of the whole network. Uh, this is the first point. The second point I just mentioned for the 5G network, it's very important to, uh, for the vertical industrial application will be successful in the uh, 5G network. Mm -hmm. So we want the, uh, our wireless network not only as a tube, mm -hmm. but also we want this network will be provided some basic ability to the uh, end user service. Oh, that uh, so that means AI is very important. I think AI function is basic for, for this. So ZTE have been uh, engaged in the AI technology. One is uh, network intelligence. Another, we have uh, arranged many uh, engineers to study this Area we have uh, uh, many uh, investment on the just uh, like deep learning, and we have our own uh, AI uh, uh, micro engine uh, AI SDK. Uh, this also uh, cooperate with Inter. Uh, we we are now ready for some end uh, end application for this. We I, I have seen this as a very bright brilliant uh, future about this. Thanks. Now. I know that you've worked with Intel um, on the delivery of infrastructure. Tell us about that collaboration. I just mentioned I've been uh, working uh, together with Intel over 17 years. Uh, uh, for MEC application, I think the, uh, we just have an exhibition in your booth uh, that JTE and uh, Intel and Channel Ucom have a joint uh, exhibition. Uh, we show an edge server. Uh, yes, uh, uh, 600 uh, edge uh, server, which be constructed by Intel uh, Zion processor. Also, in this edge uh, server, we have shown uh, uh, i5 
processor for the video uh, coder in the decoder uh, and okay. also also uh, Intel PSG's Avia uh, 10 FVGA card for the AI AI inference for the uh, 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 video for the, uh, the sorry face face recognition yeah I think uh, Intel have provided a very good end-to-end uh, -end solution of uh, MEC, not only the uh, processor, also your some software platform just like OpenVINO. Uh, Open uh, and uh, uh, ZT will uh, work very closely with uh, Intel. Uh, we uh, 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 we think uh, Intel will be the most important partner for the uh, technology basic, uh, for the product, and the whole concept about a uh, MEC strategy. I saw the configuration yesterday on the show floor, and it was very impressive um, what you were able to do um, with China Unicom in that, that demonstration. For those who are listening um, and are still at MWC, please come by the Intel booth to check out this uh, technology demonstration. Um, I know... That this is a very important area for uh, ZTE's business, mobile edge computing. Um, but I know that you're also working um, in the space of NFE and SDN delivery uh, for across the network. Tell, tell us about that. Mm, we, when we talk about NFE, we think it's the transforming of the whole telecom network. Yeah, uh, for the legacy uh, telecom network, we we think the uh, we need to uh, uh, sorry improve something just like the resource optimization uh, efficiency, the uh, efficiency of the new service the deployment, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, also the whole uh, network construct uh, cost. Mm -hmm. uh, so we think the NFV is the most important uh, concept to transform the whole network from the uh, CD, uh, CSP to DSP. And w tell me about the infrastructure that you're providing uh, to drive that transformation. Uh, ZT have provided the whole uh, MV uh, solution about the, uh, the product uh, from uh, the a lower uh, layer to the up layer. I think for the uh, including the Cortis hardware, uh, just like the server uh, switch, uh, and uh, also the the uh, open stack based uh, NVI, and also the cloud native telecom uh, VNFs and uh, some mano ONAP uh, OSM. Uh, and uh, ZT have the three main uh, solution about the NFV. One is the 5G uh, Comco. Mm -hmm. uh, that support the from 2G to 5G access. Uh, we think it's the best choice of the 5G network. And then we have the cloud uh, studio. Uh, that's the 5G Mano. Uh, it uh, it supplies, we, uh, we talk about uh, three zero. What means three zero? The first that we can, uh, they, uh, we think that our uh, main product is the zero gap between our customer requirement and uh, the, our uh, service can do. And uh, also zero waiting for the ser service design to fulfillment and uh, zero touch because it's the, with the automatic uh, deployment. Sure. Yeah, and uh, this, uh, the third thing is the ZTE, the full mixed uh, distributed te 
uh, cloud, uh, telecom cloud. We will also talk about some edge cloud. Yeah, uh, we will provide the flexible and the efficiency NFVI tool for the 5G network. The the, uh, the first thing is the hardware. I just mentioned, uh, we have the inter-Zion based uh, server and the storage. Uh, this will supply the, the, uh, up to 100 gigahertz uh, switch. Uh, also intelligence acceleration. Uh, some uh, new technology, just uh, liquid uh, cooling and uh, HDC and modern modernization and the largest capacity storage. Uh, we are also uh, provide some very uh, uh, compatible uh, hardware acceleration uh, technology, uh, just the smart NIC and uh, some uh, accelerating for the AI, for the video, it just like we also use it, uh, use the inter uh, technology just just like FVGA uh, to do this. That's fantastic. Now, I know that some of our listeners in the U.S. audience may not be as familiar uh, with ZTE, but uh, ZTE's reach in terms of uh, network transformation is quite uh, large. Can you give some context about um, what you've been able to drive in terms of driving NFE in the industry and um, the success you've had with customers um, and uh, what the perspective is from the community about ZTE in the industry. ZTE, we think we are the leader of the NFE com commercialization. Uh, we have uh, compared with uh, more than 400 uh, commercial and uh, PLC case with the whole world. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, we have extensive commercial deployment uh, experience to facilitate the operator's network uh, transformation. I just mentioned that we have a very end-to-end uh, -end, uh, solution or product. Uh, uh, and also, uh, uh, sorry, uh, cooperate with inter-technology product. We have the confidence. Uh, we have the ex we have prod product. We have the good uh, technology, and we have the good service to our customers. Thank you so much for sharing about um, what ZTE is bringing to the market and how you're engaging with leading customers. It's been a fantastic interview. One final question for you: um, Where can folks find out more about the solutions that you've been talking about? Uh, online or about solutions that are available today for deployment? Uh, I think in the website of ZT, we have show what we, have, we can provide for the whole 5G end to end uh, solution uh, the best testing, the corner work, and also MEC. Yeah, we have uh, provided some uh, hardware and uh, software, uh, yes, but some new concept. And some use, use case is still in the developing. Yeah, uh, I, I I can uh, give you some. Sorry, uh, just uh, yeah yeah example. But uh, uh, I uh, I want to know what you 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 need to see in our website. Well, thank you so much for being on the program today. It was a real pleasure to interview you, and we'd love to have you back again sometime. Okay, thanks.
Welcome to Chip Chat. My name is Allison Klein. We're coming to you live from Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. And I'm so excited to be joined by Dan Rodriguez, Vice President of the Data Center Group and General Manager of the Network Compute Division. Welcome, Dan. Great to be here with you in Barcelona, Allison. So, Dan, um, I love having Chip Chats with you because I learned so much about the network. Why don't you uh, tell me a little bit about your um, job scope at Intel and what you oversee uh, in terms of network computing? Thanks, Allison. So essentially what I'm accountable for at Intel is really driving our network transformation vision, uh, strategy, and product line across multiple uh, networking markets. Everything from enterprise networking to uh, cable networks to, of course, we're here at Mobile Congress, of course, uh, wireless networks. And I think that one of the things that I'm really um, excited about, and I see a lot of passion in the overall industry, is to really um, drive an end-to-end network that allows for a, really a series of compute pools to be able to run any network function and any service at any location in the network. Now, within that charter, obviously, um, you are intimately engaged with our silicon portfolio for the network. And I think that what's impressive at this MWC is how much of that silicon portfolio is on display. Can you tell us about how we approach silicon development um, for network functions and how that may uh, be a little bit different than how we would approach, for example, a traditional compute uh, function in a data center? Well, I think if you look at it at a high level, and first we've had a lot of exciting disclosures here at Mobile Congress around new products that are coming out that meet the needs of networking. And I think the way we approach it is, is that it kind of goes back to the end-to-end vision. We are designing a silicon platform that can really scale across multiple locations in the network. And to be able to do this successfully, you need to lead, of course, with uh, our strong uh, performance and flexible platform, which is, of course, Xeon Scalable Processor. But then you also need to be able to, sh- to have SOCs that can still provide a lot of performance density, but reduce the overall power footprint. And that's where our Xeon D comes in. And we've had some discussion this week on Hewitt Lake D, or Hewitt Lake, excuse me. In addition to that, we've also uh, had a discussion around our new Snow Ridge processor, uh, a 10 nanometer SSC that's really targeting uh, the 5G RAN. What has the industry's response been uh, to these processors, and and where do you see um, Hewitt Lake and um, Snow Ridge in particular um, engaging in terms of the different types of use cases? So I think first... um, the things that customers really appreciate about our roadmap is the architectural consistency because it allows them to scale their software really seamlessly from those different locations in the network and all the way down the edge, cutting time to market as well as cutting R&D. With specifically with Hewitt Lake, uh, customers believe it's a great product for uh, different edge locations, everything from kind of universal CPs to tight kind of routing and switching designs. Um, and this is really due to the Xeon class performance you get, but in a much smaller power and area footprint. And then when you talk about Snow Ridge, uh, this is a product that is well positioned for uh, the 5G RAN. So we've seen a lot of interest and, and customer traction already on Snow Ridge. Um, Ericsson and ZT, just to name a couple, have shown a lot of interest and a lot of uh, collaboration with Intel on that product. Uh, but beyond the RAN, uh, we do see a fit for it in broader kind of network edge uh, type of applications. Now, I'm glad you've been talking about the network edge because I, I've seen you speak before about um, your vision for the edge and in specific, uh, the next generation central office. 
Why is this so transformational for comm service providers in terms of how they're managing that area of the network? So when you think about NGCO and you think about the overall network becoming much more distributed in fashion, meaning that you're going to place computes and analytics much closer to the user, the idea with the next generation central office is that it enables service providers to really run their traditional networking workloads in a much more converged fashion. So you can run a mobile network, an enterprise network, and a residential network all with this mini data center and then be able to because you can pull the resources, you can have a lot of flexibility and dynamically reallocate compute resources just to run those network workloads. But then in addition to this, because you're standardizing on a general purpose compute platform, then when new services are created utilizing uh, really the, the underlying capabilities of 5G network, you can scale out those computes. And video is a great example of that. And there's all sorts of flavors of video from streaming, transcoding, cloud gaming that really cry out for uh, the need to be placed much closer to the user to ensure you can deliver the right quality of experience. But then by doing this, it also helps the operators better manage their overall TCO. There's been a lot of focus on video at Mobile World, a number of different demonstrations downstairs from where we're sitting right now. Um, why is this space um, uh, under such rapid innovation? And what is it that we're bringing to our Xeon scalable platforms that will help fuel uh, that ex those experiences for consumers moving forward? Yeah, I, I, there, there's obviously a lot of interest in, in the different flavors of video. Uh, and there's a lot of there's innovation because there's demand. And if you look at what's what the compute platforms are enabling now, it's enabling again everything from these excited cloud gaming experiences to more future um, uh, products supporting all sorts of virtual and mixed reality. And what Intel brings to the table is Intel brings a, a compute platform, um, and we have our new Cascade Lake uh, coming out here very shortly. Uh, that Cascade Lake plus the Optane persistent memory is very well adept for memory and storage intensive workloads. So it's well aligned to workloads such as CDN as well as some of these more advanced uh, media use cases. And on top of that, you combine that with the overall compute platform that supports NFEI or the network workloads, then all of a sudden you have a converged uh, rack of servers that's capable of supporting both video as well as just the business of the network. Now, I know that we've got a lot of uh, our collaborations with partners on display at Mobile World this week. Can you tell me about um, some areas where you're very excited about the collaborations that we were able to achieve and how that will result in solutions in the market in, in the coming months? Yeah, maybe I'll point out a couple. Um, so we talked, you had a question earlier about next generation CO. So right at MWC, just downstairs, we have a, a very strong uh, demonstration and it's a commercially available solution from our partner, uh, Quanta. So this is a next generation CO that's been in partnership with Quanta, with Red Hat, uh, with KGP and, and several others to showcase how you can again converge multiple virtual network functions into a rack of servers or racks of servers and be able to scale out to uh, computes. So I'm excited about that uh, product offer from Quanta, and I believe it's going to have a lot of uh, commercial success the year, this year in 2019. In addition to this, uh, we also have been partnering uh, with Dell quite extensively on a, on a concept called the Universal CP. Uh, the Universal CP 
is, is really a, a platform that's set uh, to run all sorts of enterprise or managed enterprise functions, everything from WAN connectivity to firewall uh, to intrusion prevention, and do it in a way that con excuse me, the end users are able to really tap into an open ecosystem and run whatever ISV they so desire on that virtual network server. Now, I know that um, our partners and operators are looking at being able to deliver different types of services at the edge. What do you see from the industry that's exciting there? And um, what would you say in terms of Intel's role in delivering the underlying foundation for the delivery of those kinds of new services? Great question. So, so when you think about Intel's role at the highest level is that we are all about delivering the right silicon and really about the right enabling software platform to enable you to run all sorts of services at various locations across the overall network. And I mentioned video earlier. I think video is a great example of a service that, that is somewhat well-defined today. Obviously, it's still growing and it's innovating, so we're, we're still learning with the market. But it, there's a proven business model there where, where comm service providers as well as uh, additional players in the ecosystem can drive economic value. There are other use cases that really are still in the exploration phases, and, and these use cases range from everything from industrial automation, making that more intelligent, use of 5G there, uh, to retail, uh, to smart stadium, as well as many uh, VDOX uh, use cases in transportation. So when you think about those use cases, I wish I could sit here and tell you, Allison, that they're so well-defined and we know exactly what the market's going to roll out three to five years from now. So our role is to provide this flexible compute platform with the right software layers so you can easily onboard all those applications and services that really have yet to be imagined today. Well, I'm looking forward to coming back to MWC and seeing what the ecosystem does in terms of delivering these innovative services based on Intel architecture. Dan, it was a pleasure being with you today. Um, great talk. Uh, one final question for you. If folks want to continue to talk to you or learn more about what we're doing in the network arena, where would you send them to, for more information and to engage with you? I think the first step is to, to really reach out to Intel and, and, and partner with us in our Intel Network Builders program. It's a, a great program that has, I think, over 350 members today, all collaborating in the name of network transformation. So that would be the first place. And then I'd be, of course, happy to engage and partner with, with the overall industry and many customers out there. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you, Allison. It was a great talk. Welcome to ChipChat Network Insights. My name is Allison Klein. We're coming to you live from Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, and I'm delighted to be with Klaus Peterson, Vice President of Hybrid IT Telco Solutions at HPE. Welcome, Klaus. How's it going? Thank you very much. No, glad to be here. I should say welcome back to ChipChat. I think you were on with us a couple of years ago. Um, why don't you start by just talking a little bit about your role at HPE as it relates um, to the telco arena. Yeah, so my specific role is in terms of the infrastructure that we deliver to carriers in order to build their networks on top of, and we deliver to equipment providers as well uh, to deliver their solutions on. So we take all the best we have from IT, and we 
do a little bit of hardening and packaging and all the good stuff that needs to happen before it's ready to go into network. So we do obviously some R&D work um, and a lot of testing to make sure that we really can deliver infrastructure that's ready for telco workloads. So that's the primary responsibility is to pick out all the best of the HP portfolio that's relevant to telco, make sure it's packaged up and, and ready to go, integrate uh, some of the newer technologies that are coming along for acceleration and other things that, that the telco industry needs. Now, HPE obviously is a proven leader in the IT arena. HPE is also a great collaborator with Intel for the last couple of decades in the IT arena. The HPE brand is not as long in history in terms of engagement in the telco arena. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how HPE uses its um, expertise in the IT arena to apply to telco and how uh, you made the shift to focus on this broader market? Yeah, I, I think it's not a matter of the length of history. It's not more a matter about how we do business. We've actually been in the telco industry uh, for a long, long time. Uh, well, it depends on how you view time, but maybe for the last 20 years or so, we've been developing and delivering technology into the telco networks. Uh, initially, it was all through the equipment providers who would build solutions on top of our technology and then deploy, uh, which is why it's it's not a you don't associate the mm-hmm. Hewlett Packard Enterprise brand with, with telco networks the same way as you do for a, a Nokia or, or an Ericsson right. uh, or others. But... Uh, we've been delivering the technology there for a long time, and obviously with NFV, uh, then as carriers are starting to procure uh, the, that infrastructure, the IT-like infrastructure for the networks direct, you know, we, we, we are participating in that business. But the model throughout all those years have been the same. What, what our core business is, is to deliver IT enterprise technology into data centers that needs to be run very efficiently, lowest possible TCO, uh, bring innovation into those places as quickly as possible. And that's exactly what we do for the telco industry. We take the cost curve, the innovation speed from our enterprise IT market, and we make it available into the telco networks by doing a bit of work as well to just make sure it's actually appropriate. But it's all about bringing the innovation and cost curve into telco so fundamentally what nfe is about as well now we've you know heard for a number of years about the cloudification of the network with nfe um deliver of cloud native capabilities uh deliver of automation of services where do you see that we're at in terms of that adoption curve as you talk to your customers and, and see them uh, uh, driving broad-scale deployments across the network? Oh, so I think we've hit a point of maturity for NFE in uh, core networks. About 18 months ago, we started to much more frequently see that carriers are developing an infrastructure strategy separate from the strategy at the application level of the network. Uh, and, and that's very important because that's how enterprises work. So in order to get the match between the innovation from the IT industry in general and, and then how uh, telcos would consume that for their network purposes, that once that infrastructure strategy has start to have a life of its own and, and is a deliberate act rather than something that follows uh, a full application stack, then you start to really take advantage of that innovation. So 18 months ago, we started to see that separation in of the uh, requests for information and proposals from from, uh, the carriers directly to HPE for infrastructure that would then be the basis for many different applications. And that's really what NFE was about. 
so I would say that model is in full you know, rollout mode for the core networks now. Uh, our uh, infrastructure is being deployed with applications from all different vendors uh, into the networks. The, what we have not seen yet and what's exciting about this show is when we look towards 5G, the whole infrastructure right out to the edge, out of necessity, needs to be an IT-based infrastructure. And so the next big thing is how do we bring the, all that compute to the edge and enable the carriers to take advantage of that to generate extra revenue without, without creating so much complexity that it's not economical because a distributed cloud is very different to manage from a centralized one. And, and uh, the core networks is more of a centralized. Uh. Now I know that HPE is making a lot of announcements associated with the Edge at Mobile World Congress. Do you care to share any of them? Yeah, no, I think the most exciting one, and one that's caused a lot of uh, good discussion with our customers and, and prospective customers for that platform is our EL8000. It's a platform that is uh, designed to sit right on the edge of the network uh, for application workloads like uh, VRAN, and, but also value-added applications. Really a platform for innovation on the edge of the network that carriers can use not just to execute the, the network workloads, but also innovate on the new business models they need with third parties being able to place workloads in, in their networks. And, and bring value-added applications out to their customers and enterprise customers that require those kind of latency requirements. And one of the characteristics of the platform that makes it uh, unique is it, it's really completely consistent with our broader portfolio of servers mm -hmm. that we have. So what HPE can offer, and uh, very uniquely, is a completely consistent portfolio of compute right from the data center uh, through the core networks, central offices, out to, to the uh, edge, mm -hmm. all with the same manageability and, and consistency. And therefore, again, as we talked about just a minute ago, helping bring down the TCO because you can have that uniformity mm -hmm. that allows you to be efficient. That's fantastic. Now, you talked about NFE implementations being at a state of maturity um, industry focus on the delivery of the edge. When you, when you put that together and you think about what the imperatives are for the industry in terms of further development um, for full 5G implementation, what is HPE focused on and what would you like to work with with the rest of the industry to deliver? So again, the, the complexity that comes in when you start to distribute compute is enormous and there's a lot of processes that needs to change when you change your mindset rather than putting something out on the edge of the network that you can leave in peace and quiet. It'll sit there, do its job, it's a closed box. Now suddenly you have compute out there with life cycles of firmware, operating systems and applications, upgrades of processors. Intel is regularly giving us new capability. Um, all that needs to be managed the way you would act lifecycle manage it in a data center almost, but you have it in thousands of sites. So to contain that complexity in that distributed environment, so you can still manage the economically, because you know distribution is the inherent differentiator that telcos can bring to the, or have in the market. So they need to take advantage of it, but it has to be done efficiently. So we are using all the tricks we have in the 
back from all our work in, in, in the enterprise industry to try to help bring down that uh, cost. As an example, we have uh, some AI-based management tools, InfoSight, uh, that give you predictive analysis of what might go wrong with your uh, IT equipment. Now, that is very valuable in this context of a distributed info, uh, cloud because that means that you will get predictive information that, okay, we have this server that's sitting on this side. Uh, some of the memory dims are maybe a bit hot uh, because they've been placed too close to the processor. Next time you're out there, because you're not there every day, mm -hmm. maybe you should move those dims to avoid failures in the future. Or we recognize patterns and we see this disk is behaving in a way that last time we saw that, it caused some disks to fail two months later. So let's proactively uh, replace it. And those type of techniques that are used in large data centers to bring down the cost of operation becomes even more valuable in this complex environment. And so we are focusing a lot of energy to make sure that the technology can be deployed in a way so those te techniques can be applied. Klaus, this was a fantastic interview. The, the one question that I have for you is, you know, I know that you've been working with customers um, on delivery of these capabilities. Do you have any um, examples where you've had um, a particular customer take uh, your technology and drive an um, incredible transformation based on the things that you've been talking about today in terms of an end-to-end -end, uh, delivery of common infrastructure or anything that you've worked with in terms of the, the broader ecosystem where they've been able to develop an interesting technology based on that um, platform foundation. Yeah, no, we have customers, uh, unfortunately I can't name them uh, but because of confidentiality, but we have customers that we really helped establish, you know, DevOps methodologies for delivering new services. We have people on site for some of our professional services that help these customers actually get uh, new applications out in, in weeks where it used to be months and months and, and connect customers up, uh, their enterprise customers up very, very quickly based because fundamentally they're now in a world where all this gets done on an IT infrastructure. So that's at this value added services level. But of course the network transformations we are participating in, some of the largest networks in the world are, are using a lot of HPE gear. That happens not in one big transformation. And even as parts of the uh, application uh, estate gets upgraded, it takes a long time. So I would say that the, the real benefits that are coming from that are just starting to emerge. We're now in this phase of, of uh, deployment of NFVI. We're starting to see carriers really benefit in terms of agility and the cost of, of running their networks. Uh, because they can adopt IT technology on a much more aggressive basis. One final question for you. I'm sure we've piqued some interest online in learning about the HPE infrastructure that you've been talking about and uh, wanting to engage with HPE for further conversations. Where would you send folks who are interested for more information about what you're delivering? Obviously, if you're here at Mobile World Congress, I recommend you come around and have a look at some of the demos that shows all what we've been talking about here in Hall 3. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast after... Uh, the event, you can go to hpe.com and follow the links there under the telecom section and we'll be happy to come back to you with more information. 
thank you so much for your time today. I know Mobile World is a very busy conference. I'm glad that you made time for Chip Chat. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Welcome to Chip Chat Network Insights. My name is Allison Klein. We're coming to you from Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, and I'm delighted to be joined by uh, two industry leaders, Eric Vallone, Director of Product Management at Dell EMC, and Steve Wu, co-founder of VeloCloud, which is now part of VMware. Welcome, guys. Thanks, Allison. Hey, Allison. It's great to be here. Thank you for having us. So, Eric, why don't we start with you? Why don't you go ahead and give us a bit about your background and your role at Dell EMC? Sure, absolutely. Um, at Dell EMC, I lead the uh, service provider solutions organization, product management and architecture, which is focused on building um, solutions specifically for the service pro provider, uh, predominantly um, telcos, although not exclusively telcos. Um, and today I hear we're going to talk about uh, network transformation and our universal CPE solutions. That's absolutely right. Um Steve, you're a big part of that conversation and what you were able to deliver as the co-founder of VeloCloud. Can you introduce your role at VMware? Sure, so uh, as co-founder of uh, VeloCloud, I run the uh, products team, which is product management and uh, product marketing. And obviously uh, we head up the uh, VMware SD-WAN product by uh, VeloCloud. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for being here. The topic for today is the next generation network edge the SD-WAN revolution. And we'll start um, with discussion about that network edge and what infrastructure is being deployed at the network edge to drive um, network transformation. Eric, do you want to give us a perspective on that? Yeah, absolutely. First, let me, if, if you don't mind, I'd love to take a step back because network edge, there's so many edges. It's kind of like a cliff. Um, you know, there's the network edge from within a service provider network, but there's also uh, the edge of the network at the customer prem, which is what I think we're going to focus our conversations on today. And one of the, um, uh, the revolutions, and a truly revolution that's happening, is the move away from proprietary hardware to a open and disaggregated platform at that customer premise. And that's really, in essence, a concept behind a universal CPE. Um, and so, uh, as an example, our uh, VEP, Virtual Edge Platform, 4600, VP 4600, uh, which is based uh, upon some Intel um, uh, components, uh, is delivering that open, universal platform that allows us to do a lot more at the edge of the network. Why is it so critical that we're basing that technology on the same infrastructure foundation that we've based the transformation of the core network in terms of uh, customer deployments? Uh, well, it, what's critical aspect of it is open, giving the customer the choice, giving them the flexibility, giving the service provider the ability to add new services on the fly, not to be locked in at the edge of the network to one particular solution, to be a take advantage of the scale um, and the velocity of these new service offerings. So by leveraging the virtualization concepts that started with NFV in the core of the network and then now have moved um, over to the edge of the network, it gives us that same flexibility that we have in the core. It gives us that same investment protection um, and not and without sacrificing any performance uh, and flexibility. I, in fact, it actually gives us a lot more flexibility than what we've had in the past. 
Now, when we look at that UCPE environment, everyone's talking about SD-WAN as the key application or key capability um, that is driving UCPE implementations within enterprise environments. Steve, why is SD-WAN so compelling? Correct. So the, uh, if you have to get back to what is SD-WAN, and so basically all the benefits of virtualizing the data center, which Eric uh, referred to in terms of getting the uh, agility performance, uh, SD-WAN wants to take that and actually virtualize all the WAN resources mm -hmm. as well as the resources in the remote side, in the branch, at the network edge that, that Eric was talking about with obviously the goal of, and people know SD-WAN for simplifying the use of all the multiple WAN circuits, but also simplifying the deployment of the resources at the remote side, at the branch, at the network edge, which unfolds in the whole UCP story uh, as well. And then another key thing on the SD-WAN is to also assure the application performance between the UCP resources at the network edge and actually getting to the applications back at the software-defined data center. Tell me a little bit about what VeloCloud delivers to that vision. So the so what we deliver to that vision, as I said, is the it's the overlay right, all the way from the software-defined data center, which VMware was the leader at, to now VMware now has the SD-WAN, which extends it all the way to the remote edge. So all the simplicity, the performance, and, uh, and also the support of the cloud, right? So the data center is transformed to a, to a hybrid cloud. We also want to transform the WAN to a hybrid, uh, hybrid WAN as well. And the, re and the reason why it's so exciting is the, the former routing and, and WAN optimization, all these technologies have been recognized, have merged into one WAN edge technology. And we're proud to say that VMware is now in the recent uh, Gartner Magic Quadrant, the leader in, in vision in that uh, overall overall WAN edge. Eric, obviously uh, VMware and Dell EMC, Intel, are working together in this space. When you think about that uh, triumvirate of companies, what comes to mind in terms of the unique technical capabilities that we're delivering in market? And what are you guys showing at MWC to demonstrate uh, that technology? What comes to mind is excitement about the future and what we can do with this. You know, what comes to mind is, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the ability to deliver um, functions, features, and agility without sacrificing performance. And you know, by taking advantage of some of the unique technologies that are built into uh, the Intel um, uh, components, you know, such as DPDK and QAT, gives us that performance boost. Leveraging open architectures gives us that flexibility. Um, specifically, that's exactly what we're showing here at MWC, is we're showing our VEP4600 as a universal CPE, um, with the, uh, which is built upon Intel um, uh, technology, and then with the VelCloud SD-WAN software running on top of that, um, you know, providing you know, great services for the end customer. Steve, when you've talked to end customers about the solutions that VeloCloud and Dell are delivering, um, what comes to mind in terms of their response to the SD-WAN capabilities and basically the unlocking of the door of being able to deliver even more services and capabilities at the, the edge? Right, so one of the key things in the misunderstanding initially around SD-WAN was, oh, it's software-defined. The key is hardware is actually <laughs> very, very important, so that's why the, the relationship with, uh, with Dell and with Intel is key in terms of we have the software overlay, but 
the UCP is a perfect platform to run SD-WAN as one of the key services all the way from the data center out to the, uh, to the remote site. When you think about um, where we are within deployment curve, you know, we've been talking about SD-WAN for a while and um, UCPE solutions have been in the market for a bit. Where are we with uh, broad scale enterprise deployment of these technologies? So I would say we are not quite just getting started beyond getting started. We're, we're entering into the early majority phase if you, if you think through the adoption uh, curve. Um, you know, if you, if you look back, we started this adventure with closed proprietary hardware uh, with just single vendors providing it all. And then we moved into you know, SD-WAN, which are in essence open platforms, but still built upon uh, closed hardware and still with some limitations. Um, and now where we are moving into the truly being able to take advantage of the universal aspects of the CPE, the openness, um, we're starting to see some pretty wide scale uh, adoption by you know, ACE major service providers around the globe, as well as um, major enterprise customers around the world uh, to really select UCPE as the basis, as the foundation for where they're going. And, and certainly at MWC, the uh, excitement is around both the SD-WAN as well as the UCPE. And we see very, uh, we work very closely with a lot of service providers on, uh, on both of these technologies. And then what is the role of the broader software community in terms of delivery of a choice of services? Going back to Eric, your open comment, you know, we want a choice of service op opportunities for customers to uh, select from. What is the engagement from the software community and how are they working with our companies to ensure full optimization of their solutions uh, for the underlying infrastructure and for the VMware environment that you're providing? So I would say that, uh Again, lots of excitement around that. Uh, the future is very bright. There is, um, as we've opened up this environment, uh, we've enabled a number of different software vendors. Um, we've enabled best of breed choice for the individual customers, the service providers, as well as the end customers, to choose the firewall that works best for them, to choose uh, the optimization, um, WAN optimization software, or deep packet inspection software that meets their specific needs. So service providers can actually tell it to their needs. The, um, uh, the software developers, the uh, ISVs, are, are truly you know, focused on this because you know, we're being built upon open technology. It allows them to, you know, to be able to build their solutions and to be able to scale themselves into a much broader deployment. So again, there's a, quite a bit of excitement around that. And to, and to add that, I think in the past we've seen the uh, NFV or virtual functions really start in the, uh, in the data center. But I think with the advent of SD-WAN and people seeing all the benefits of simplifying the WAN and bringing that all the way out to the edge, that, that brought the, uh, the providers and the end enterprise clients to say, I want all those same benefits out of the remote site on the UCPE. So I want my SD-WAN there, but then I want all those same things for additional services such as security uh, and other network services. And then really, and then really very important, getting sort of a turnkey stack, so the UCPE with SD-WAN as one of the core, and then other services, and, uh, and then uh, in fact all the, uh, the middleware to, to piece that together. Fantastic. Well, Eric and Steve, it's been a pleasure having you guys on the program. Um, this is a really exciting area of development for the industry. I'm looking forward to hearing about how Dell, EMC, and VMware uh, 
deliver that broader deployment of solutions in 2019 and hear about your successes. Uh, one final question for you today, though. If folks are listening online, they want to find out more about the Dell EMC and VMware solutions in this space, where would you send them for more information? Steve, do you want to start? Sure. So on the VMware side, just go to VMware and uh, look up uh, SD-WAN, and it'll point to the SD-WAN and the UCPE information. And for Dell, I would suggest we go to DellEMC.com and look for Universal CPE or VEP. Fantastic. Well, thanks for the time today. It's been a pleasure. Okay. Thanks, Allison. Welcome to Chip Chat Network Insights. My name is Allison Klein. We're coming to you live from Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, and I'm so delighted to be joined by Bob Everson, Global Director of Mobility and 5G at Cisco. Welcome, Bob. Thank you, thank you. It's great to be here. Nice to be back again after a year. So Bob, why don't you just start with a um, description of your role at Cisco and how it plays into uh, your company's engagement in the larger networking arena. Sure, thanks. So I am a Global Director for Mobility and 5G with Cisco, and uh, so have responsibility for the global architecture that's end-to-end -end around 5G and then automation and how we're bringing all those things together. Spend a lot of time with customers, talking about how they're going to implement our technology and working through that, and then I spend a lot of time with our engineering organization on how we're going to develop the right products and solutions that they need. I also am the leader for our Open VRN ecosystem, which we uh, launched with, with you guys and some others last year here uh, at Mobile World Congress. I'm so glad that you brought that up because that's where I was going next. Uh, last year's episode was all about Open VRAN and the announcement um, of that new um, focus from Intel and Cisco. Where are we at with Open VRAN today and how has the industry embraced this? Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. So it's been a, it's been a fun year. Last year when we launched this, I think uh, it was everything from excitement that you know we were stepping into this and this group was stepping into this to help drive this forward, to some people sort of scratching their heads, trying to wrap their heads around what exactly we were going to do. Uh, you know, as the year built on, we had a number of different engagements from customers, uh, a lot of good positive feedback around the need to sort of help catalyze the industry and, and help it move forward. Um, the, the, the building of a vendor-based ecosystem that could collaborate on accelerating these solutions really resonated with them. But then they were saying, okay, now, you know, what are we going to see? You know, show us some, some real tangible results. So we went from there to, you know, doing a number of operator proof of concepts. We uh, built some solutions that we demoed live at Mobile World Congress Americas. It was actually kind of fun. We did the first uh, amongst uh, some of our ecosystem players. In this, in this case, it was uh, Cisco and Phaser as the two primaries, and Intel and some others were involved as well. But we did the world's first 5G SA data call, which is something that you historically would associate with the large RAN vendors. And so it was, it was pretty neat to see this new ecosystem do an industry first like that. Uh, and now, you know, all the way to, to Barcelona, showing a number of things, but um, we actually have an operator, a, a nationwide operator that's, uh, you know, going forward with this at full scale. So it's wow. pretty exciting. That's fantastic. And, you know, obviously, as an open um, environment, that, that brings up a tremendous amount of opportunity for broader industry engagement and broader industry innovation. Have we seen the industry uh, embrace this? 
Yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun to watch that over the last year mm -hmm. because I think again last year even not just with the Open VRAN ecosystem but just in the industry there were a lot of questions. You know, uh, ORAN the ORAN Alliance uh, was uh, just announced but kind of forming based on XRAN and and the the CRAN organization. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, but they were getting going, hadn't published things out. There were some some different initiatives. Uh, the industry's really started moving forward. There's these tipping point moments that, that you see with mm -hmm. a technology like this because this is a, it really is a fundamental transformation in the way that, that uh, operators build out their networks and are able to deliver services and operate them. And so there's been, been really great momentum on, on all fronts. Now, Cisco really shook up the news uh, last week with an announcement of a completely different type of network with a customer. And, and this was, Intel was involved in this announcement too. Can you tell me about this? Yeah, it's been it's it's been amazing. Uh, so Rakuten, who is a, a large uh, web company in an e-commerce company in Japan, has decided to launch a mobile network. Uh, of course, in in uh, you know a fashion that you would expect from them, they're doing it in a totally different way, and so they are doing it based on a completely virtualized, programmable, you know, cloud-native infrastructure uh, that's going to deliver all these services. And so what we're seeing here is we're seeing really, I mean, the ultimate merging of the the cloud data center IT world with the telecommunications world. And uh, you know they've built out this platform which uh, they had their first live data calls on as well and they're doing friendly trials. That's just, just phenomenal. I mean, they really are revolutionizing telecommunications. Now, you know, at MWC, we talk a lot about transformation of networks and transformation from um, legacy technologies that have served uh, our comm service provider customers for a long time. Um, Rakuten is taking a completely different approach, building from the ground up with cloud native. Um, what has the response been um, from the broader industry when they saw this announcement and what kind of questions are you getting? I think that it's, you know, when, when, when we do something in life for, for so long, you know, like, like design mobile networks or like, you know, brush our teeth in the morning or something, you, you get a certain pattern. You develop these mental models. There are shortcuts of the way to think about things. And so there's a mental model that's, that's been developed over the last really, you know, 20, 30 years of how a mobile network should be built. And, you know, it starts with uh, the radio architecture and then you sort of define inwards. And then that defines and, and has a great effect over the services that you can deliver. And now what we're seeing and what Rakuten is actually really realizing is that you can define the network around that operational model that you want and then build around it with the excess technologies. And so Rakuten you know, built this, this network based on this model, and it's been uh, you know, great conversations with operators. Um, you know, obviously, Rakuten had the luxury of being a greenfield build, so they could start from scratch with this model. Uh, but a lot of the principles that they're utilizing can be utilized by, by you know, legacy you know, Im operators that have embedded infrastructure right now. And so we're working with them on how they would insert in there in, you know, around particular use cases and maybe build them out in a more you know, virtualized fashion and then how to migrate that you know, over time. One of the things that's been the most attention grabbing, I think, uh, we have a demo in our booth where 
we show uh, the turn up of a cell site. It's basically a zero touch. You know, if you go back to the, the old plug and play term, it's a plug and play cell tower where you plug the radio in, the tech will plug the radio in at the cell site, and it kicks off a process that automatically brings up, it pushes the software out to the, automatically pushes the software out to the edge data center, brings up the RAN software, and that brings up the cell, and it's in a matter of minutes. And it's a you know, live demo that we're showing in the booth now. So that's a real attention grabber. Um, I, it was it was extremely crowded around that demo mm -hmm. most of the time. I bet. Um, tell me a little bit about the technology that is providing the foundation uh, for this cloud native network and how Cisco and Intel have collaborated in this space. It's it's been a great collaboration. We uh, so as as we said, it's based on you know really a, a full cloud architecture uh, across this network. So. Based on uh, you know virtual uh, virtualization sitting on top of x86 servers, um, and it's all automated and orchest fully orchestrated with Cisco's NSO uh, NFE orchestrator as well as VNF manager. Of course, Intel has been uh, the very valuable compute layer, but they're also a really important partner as we optimize some of these workloads and some of these systems to work together. One of the things that when we did this uh, you know a year ago and even six months ago that people said would never happen, which it's always fun when people say something's mm -hmm. never going to happen, right? Uh, he said what would never happen is that we would never be able to virtualize the real-time functions of the RAN, mm -hmm. the lower layers of the RAN stack, which is called the, the DU or the distributed unit in there. And we've successfully done that as a team uh, you know, partnering with Red Hat and some of our other partners. And so now that's working. And that's one of the keys to this automation architecture and the full full virtualization of the, of the network. Now, obviously, Rakuten is a great announcement and it's a great testament uh, to a company stepping out and doing some greenfield deployments. What is Cisco's plan in terms of taking what you've learned here and applying it across your customer base. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tarek and Mickey and the team over there at Rakuten have been really, really great partners and are really pushing forward. And now, you know, as we work with other operators, as I said a little bit earlier, um, they're looking at how they can implement these technologies. And they're looking at it from a couple of different directions. Um, you know, one, obviously they're all keenly interested in, in how they can reduce their OPEX and find new operating models for their networks. Um, also very interested in how they can generate new revenue models, which are programmable infrastructure with, with APIs, which we're showing over in our, our booth as well, um, allows them to create a more dynamic service environment. So there are multiple ways that they're looking at doing this. One is, um, as I mentioned earlier, taking a particular use case, like as they're building a 5G overlay for certain technologies into their network, maybe they do that with virtualization, um, that allows them to build up that competency, get those, those systems deployed in a next generation fashion rather than continuing to extend the legacy that they have now uh, and then spread that across their network. The other angle that we see is, is coming in more from the services side and from the core, going with the, the virtualized or, or moving quickly to a cloud native core that they can provide as a, as a new services platform. Um, we're showing a product actually that allows you to extend the control point from the enterprise into the mobile network and provide synergy between those as well. So those, those are the two different angles that we see customers coming at it from, but it's picking up much more rapidly now. I think, you know, as I said, this is sort of a, a tipping point moment when you can actually show something uh, working at scale and it moves from the theoretical into the, uh, you know, it's really real. It's exciting to see all this progress, Bob, and it's amazing 
um, just listening to you talk about the open VRAN stuff to hear about how far you've gone over the last year. Very exciting stuff. Congratulations on the, the Rakuten design win. I can't wait to hear more about that one. That's very cool. Um, one final question for you. If folks want to find out more about what your team is delivering in the market, um, where would you send them for more information about Cisco products? So the best place to go right now probably is our Cisco SP360 blog. Um, mm -hmm. The great thing is that um, as we did the Rakuten design as an example here, we're doing a lot of innovation, you know, again, with, with Intel and, and other partners in there, but we're not making that a black box either. So we've actually done detailed white papers on the Rakuten architecture. There's a detailed blog post out there from one of our distinguished engineers about the whole virtualization architecture and how that was all brought together um, and a number of other announcements. So that's, that's probably the best place to go right now. Fantastic. Well, thanks so, so much for being on ChipChat. Oh, thank you. Welcome to ChipChat Network Insights. My name is Allison Klein. We're coming to you from Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. And I am excited to be joined by Jeff Hollingworth, CMO at Mobile Edge X. Welcome, Jeff. Welcome back to the program. Yeah, thank you, Alison. Great to be back. I think this is our third chip chat together. So. I think so. We keep meeting in different cities around the world, but we won't tell anybody. Yeah, exactly. But the, um, the topic, of course, is the same, which is Mobile Edge every single time. And I think that we really hit the Mobile World Congress where Edge has... Um, got over that tipping point of being uh, the primary technology of the day and the focus that I'm hearing about from everybody at the conference. Um, why don't we just start with um, a definition from your perspective of what is it that people are talking about when they're talking about edge? It means so many different things. And um, how does Mobile Edge X interface within that broader purview? Yeah. The hard thing I think about the the edge computing conversation is everybody's defining edge from a perspective of what it means to them and their business rather than asking the question, who is the edge for and why do they actually need it? And I think because of that, whenever you speak to someone, the edge is exactly where they are. If, if you're a NFV provider, the edge is NFE. If you're a RAN provider, the edge is RAN. If you're selling devices, it's a device edge. Uh, and maybe that's not actually that interesting. That the more interesting question is this, this definition of, of who's going to use it and why would they actually use it and why do they need it when they didn't need it before? You bring up an interesting point and I think that um, I've found with many technology transitions that you, you do get that perspective of in early um, eras of technology development of this is what this is because it's where I'm at. Um, and then we get to a point where the industry coalesces around a definition. We saw the same thing with cloud computing. Um, where do you think we are in terms of the journey on edge, in terms of the industry coming together and really having a consolidated view of what edge is and where it offers value across all of these myriad uh, implementations? Well, I think we are starting to see the real businesses that need to have an edge computing solution. 
Uh, and and the, the most close to home example of that is work we're doing from my perspective with a company called Niantic who, who made this Pokemon Go game. Uh, and they, they have one billion users that I, uh, play this augmented reality experience, uh, all of them are mobile. And for them to actually deliver the experience they want with all of the users in the same location, they're coming to us saying, can you help us put the solution actually on the edge because the cloud is too far away. Right. And then that, that distance means the gameplay uh, is out of sync and it's not scaling for them. That's a great example of a, an area where the use case is very clear, right? The use case is very clear in terms of latency considerations that um, compute at the edge is required. What are the other areas beyond cloud gaming that you would look at um, as those early um, beachheads uh, for edge delivery? Well, one, one perspective to, to look at the Pokemon Go experience uh, is that if you look at the device, in actual fact, the device is using a camera and it's using environmental sensors and it's interpreting that information with the backdrop of reality and, and creating something, an understanding uh, for that game player. If you take the device out of a phone form factor, because you don't actually want to hold something and put it up to your head, that's actually the same as smart glasses. Mm -hmm. It's a camera and it's interpreting the information around it and it's giving you more information. Then if you take the smart glasses and put it on a robot, it's a robot. And if you give it wings, it's a drone. And if you give it wheels, it's a car. So what we start to see that's interesting is across all of those different devices, it's actually the same backend that delivers the services. It's a backend that can take a video understanding, lots of information, and then in real time create an overlaid understanding, be that visual or be that actually in terms of driving directions or be that in terms of decision making to change something in the local environment. Now, I know you guys have been working on delivery of edge cloud software. Can you tell me where you're at with that and how have um, operators or other customers embraced this software? Well, our perspective is that Edge already exists. Mm -hmm. And it exists inside the mobile operators as a result of all of their previous investments and all their cloud transformation. Mm -hmm. The problem is that it's never been surfaced so people can use it. So what we want to make sure, on behalf of our owners, who are the operators that have invested that money, is that Edge is not another, yet another infrastructure looking for a reason. We want to use the infrastructure that exists. Then our software can go and sit on top of it, discover what's there, and then make it really easy for device makers or application developers to actually use it. When you look at where the industry is today and you hear folks talking at Mobile World Congress about what they're delivering, either applications or frameworks or infrastructure for the edge, um, what are you most excited about seeing at Mobile World uh, this year? And did anything surprise you? Did anything? I was just having this conversation outside and 
I, and the answer, I'll, I'll give the consensus of the conversation that I agreed with, is that there hasn't been a lot of significant surprises. Mm -hmm. it, it feels like a continuing journey and validation that we're moving into something that, you know, we call a 5G generation world. Uh, the, I think there's in the backgrounds a lot of concern that the business model needs to actually start to improve and, and change. And I, I think that's where edge computing is the catalyst that will decide if 5G is going to be a bandwidth efficiency enhancement or whether it's actually going to lead to new business models, new engagements, and a new participation by the operator community. Uh, I, we, we think there's about two to three years mm -hmm. before 5G turns up and starts to industrialize everywhere. And either that industrialization will be scaling new business for operators, or it will be scaling other people's new business and their solutions outside the operators. Interesting. And, and what do you think is going to determine um, those two realities, which one we actually walk down? Uh, it, what we will t determine it is, is whether we as an industry uh, execute in that one, two, three years. Because the revenue is not going to turn up then, but it, it's always true. Before you realize something exists, there's people are learning and working and planting the seeds in the the field once those seeds grow then the momentum you can't plant your seeds then it's too late sure yeah so we, we have one message for the mobile operator community and that's to have a sense of urgency mm -hmm. because the outside our industry there there are people who are are doing the same kind of software looking at the same kind of problems and they absolutely work with a sense of urgency when you when you make that statement and you you talk about you know is is 5g going to be a, a speed bump or is it going to be something that is much more transformative um where would you bet your money today uh, i will bet my money in the first one two three years so before 2021 it's going to be densification and speed enhancement it's, it's going to be enhancing mobile broadband around 21 to 22, there's an opportunity where some of the other characteristics of 5G and the programmability could actually change what an operator is starting to scale as a business. And I would assume that the, the earlier discussion about uh, edge implementations utilizing cloud infrastructure and you know, uh, cloud frameworks is critical to that uh, second wave of innovation that you're That's describing. Exactly, yeah. That, that's what we think is, is going to be the pivotal uh, inflection point. And uh, 5G needs Edge much more than Edge needs 5G. Edge doesn't need 5G. I mean, we're, we're live in Germany with, with Deutsche Telekom at the moment. We're deployed uh, with the packet gateways uh, across the 11 regional data centers. Uh, and we, we deliver less than... 30 milliseconds to anybody in Germany. Uh, so, so that's something that, that we would like to see all operators start to investigate, experiment, and learn for themselves mm -hmm. where we can help. So Edge doesn't need 5G, 
but we see uh, implementations of 5G growing, and we see um, interest in those more disruptive use cases um, uh, solidifying across the operators. What do you think um, 5G augments in terms of those edge solutions that you were just describing? Well, there's there's a there's been uh, over the last ever since we've been chatting actually over the last five six eight years, a large investment from the operator space in introducing cloud into their operations. Five mm-hmm. G is just the next journey of of leveraging the cloud, uh, having microservice architectures. They, I think the real difference we're moving to is, is a higher level of programmability possibilities in the network, which means you can, in a very scalable, cheap way, make it do different things. Mm-hmm. And we'll see that turn up with network slicing, we'll see that turn up uh, you know, in the different orchestrations and, and like the 5G core. Uh, using that programmability to do new business is is the opportunity, uh, and it, it would be strange if the industry didn't do that, given the fact they've invested so much money in in getting ready for that. That's what Absolutely. we've been saying. Mm-hmm. So, one final question for you, Jeff. It's been a fascinating conversation. You said you weren't surprised by anything in 2019 in terms of what you saw at Mobile World. What do you think? If you were going to send a call to action to the broader industry, what do you think they should be doing in 2019 to surprise and delight um, once it comes to 2020 Mobile World Congress and we've seen incredible innovations towards that broader vision that you described? So we hosted uh, uh, an edge computing panel on behalf of GSMA and we purposely invited uh, Microsoft to represent public cloud. Mm -hmm. We invited Samsung from a device side. We had Niantic there from a a user experience and we had Deutsche Telekom from a network. And uh, the host, which was this Jason Hoffman guy who who runs our company, the question he asked is, so why isn't this going to work? Uh, And the, the consensus of opinion was that if we don't work together to leverage the assets, then we'll repeat where we are today. People will work around the operator community. They'll find they'll get very creative, uh, I, but they'll never benefit from any of those investments in terms of getting to market faster, getting to market cheaper. Mm-hmm. And the, the interesting part, we think there's a lot of focus around edge computing on the cloud side. We think the, the much more interesting discussion is around the device and client side. Sounds like an interesting opportunity for the industry to work together moving forward, Jeff. Thank you so much for being on the program today. Um, one final question for you. If folks want to find out more about Mobile EdgeX, where would you send them for more information? Uh, please uh, come down to the Deutsche Telekom booth, come to mobileedgex.com if you're not at the show. Uh, there's a use case section where we're highlighting different applications and businesses that are running in Germany. Uh, and then reach out to us. We'd love to chat. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for being on the program again. Thank you.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.